welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3nas.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, go ahead and grab your Bibles however you get them, whether that's in app or book form. I'll tell you where you're going to turn here in just a second. Where are you going to turn to Acts chapter 2? You can go ahead and do that. But we are in a series, very short series, called Hindsight, looking back in order to move forward. And last week we had a celebration of looking back over those ten goals that God had called us to strive after during the, that four-year process, and it ended last Sunday. We celebrated incredible things. If you didn't get a chance to watch that service, just go back and look at those things to see how God was faithful to us as we partnered with Him and strove after what we believed He was calling us towards. It was great, and we celebrated in the best way possible with nachos outside, and everybody was full and happy. What a great day it was. I'm sorry if you missed out on the nachos. We'll do it again. People seem to like nachos. It is a good thing. I did share with a couple of people half-jokingly that you don't know this, but some scholars believe that when manna fell from heaven, it was actually tortilla chips. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, we are are right in the middle. Last week was also Pentecost. And so our passage that we're going to, to read from today... Uh, comes at the end of some of these very, very important passages in the life of the church. And so we're going to look at some of what's going on in Pentecost. But I want to set this up because we're going to be all the way in verse 42. And I'm not going to preach all that chapter. Can somebody say amen? But I want you to hear what happens so that our passage where we land today will make a little more sense. So Pentecost is the day, a lot of people will say, is the birthday of the church. It was the day Jesus had told His disciples to go into Jerusalem and wait until they received power from on high. And they were in the upper room and they were praying. And on the day of Pentecost, this amazing thing happened. Now you need to understand a little bit of something about Pentecost. Because Pentecost, yes, it was a celebration 50 days after, uh, after um, uh, my goodness, I'm Passover. There we go. My brain's not working this morning. After Passover. But it was, and so it was a celebration of the first part of the harvest. But it was also a celebration of the giving of the law and of the dedication of the temple. And at the giving of the law and the dedication of the temple, there was fire and there was wind. And those were signs of God's presence among his people. And so that while they were in the upper room and they were praying, there was the sound of a rushing wind. And tongues of fire came to rest on all of those who were praying that day. What it was saying was that God's presence now was moving again. But it was not going to be trapped in a building. It was going to be poured out on people. That you and I could become very, the very mobile temples of God once again. 
And it, they began to say that this was going to be more than just a little Jewish movement because those people began to worship. They began to shout the praises of God. And people from all different walks of life, all different cultures and languages heard the praises of God in their own language. So we see that while those traditional symbols of God's presence are being used, they're being shaped in new ways. And it's phenomenal. And Peter stands up and he is, he is filled with the Holy Spirit and he preaches an inspired sermon. He tells the story of God's salvation through history and how it resonates and culminates in Jesus. And he calls people to repent and be baptized. And an amazing thing happens. 3,000 people respond to Peter's sermon. God did an amazing thing on that day. But as we get to our passage, we begin to see that they then begin to organize. They've got 3,000 Jesus followers now. What in the world are we going to do? We've got to organize. And so I want us to look today in Acts chapter 2, however you get your Bible in book or app form. If you're in an app form, I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version this morning, so you can switch to that if you want. If not, you'll be okay. It's similar. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. They devoted themselves, this is those 3,000, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because of the many wonders and signs that were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. It's the Word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. Well, it's that season again. That's right. Some of you may remember my uh, catastrophe of pool season last year and, uh, and, and gaining some insight from the experts and being able to do this. Well, this year, I have to admit, I have not put up the pool yet. And I'm kind of contemplating whether I want to do this. But as I was thinking about this message and thinking about the pool, kind of at the same time where I sit and study in my house, I can see back where, where the pool should go, the sand. I began to think about all the things that have been provided were I to participate and set up that pool. I mean, the pool itself was a gift from my father and mother-in-law to my son, Jackson. So I, I didn't have to buy this pool. Um, I, you know, somebody came, Keith and Scott came and spent a lot of time putting down some dirt and some sand and leveling that sand so there's a nice level area for that pool to go should I choose to participate in it. You know, I, I, I did buy a hose, but the person who is unnamed, I don't know who the group of people or the individual was that did the plumbing from the road to my house and to the spigot outside. All of that was provided for me. And the water. I didn't make water. I, I it just God did that. And, and it's there and it's available because somebody provided a lot of things. 
The question I have to answer today is, do I want to participate? Do I want to take the hose and and hook it up to the spigot? Do I want to assemble the frame of that pool that was provided? Do I want to set it on that level ground that was provided? Do I want to get it leveled out? And do I want to put the hose in there? Do I want to turn the water on? Do I want to pay the water bill? These are all the things that I have to participate in with the things that are provided for me. And what we see in this passage is that for this church, God had provided everything they needed. And the church had to learn how to participate with what God had provided. Now this in this series we have been looking back in order to look forward and last week we did a lot of that looking back. And today we're going to begin to to look forward. We're not going to set everything indefinite today, but I want to begin to give you a glimpse of what God is calling us to as we have seen all that God has provided for us. The question before us today is will once again We commit to participate with what God is going to provide. God has provided, but we must participate. Why don't you say that phrase with me one one time here? Ready? One, two, three. God has provided, but we must participate. All right, let's look into this. Because I believe, as your pastor this morning, church... If there's a message out of this passage, I believe it is time for cross-community to enter into intentional growth. Now you already see that uh, there's an acronym there, and so that's where we're going. But I believe that if we look at this passage today, we'll begin to see that the way that church began to participate with what God provided led to some incredible God-provided growth. So let's dive in. Let's look at this, shall we? Now remember, it begins and ends with God's provision. But God invites our participation. Are you ready? It's going to start right there. God provided the Holy Spirit. God provided the message. God provided the response to the message. Now they were called to participate. Let's look at some intentional growth, shall we? So what does the G stand for? Well, first off, that G stands for generosity. If you saw right there, the first church was marked by their generosity. We see this in verse 45. Look at verse 45 right there. It says, They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. They were willing to give up in order to be generous. Why was that? Because they were called to model what Jesus was all about, what this God looks like. And a generous church is the image of a generous God who created all there is And bless you and I with that. And if we're called to be His image, or as Paul would say later, the body of Christ, then that is a generous image. Now I want to look at this because in looking back, we have seen generosity. I have seen generosity from among you as we have given sacrificially our tithes and offerings. And as you heard me in my prayer before we gave today, I I say some version of this every week. 
Giving tithes and offerings isn't just because the Bible tells me, although that's a very good reason, or it should be a good reason. But God put those words in the Bible because giving and generosity teaches us something. It shapes something in us. It teaches us that we do not live by bread alone. We do not live by what's in our bank accounts, by money. We live and breathe because of every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so being invited to be generous, being invited to give, is something that God longs for you, not from you. God isn't after paychecks. God is after people. And He knows that oftentimes our paychecks and our hearts are very closely connected. And so God is calling us to participate in giving. And tithes and offerings are one way that God shapes that in us. And so if you have never participated in that, we're going to, as we move into the future, continue to emphasize that. To call people to a generous lifestyle. To call us to give. To trust that life comes from God, not from my paycheck. But there's something else that we're going to move on to as well. And that is, we're going to be called on a journey of generosity, or a generosity journey together. And this is specifically around something here for our church. And we're going to see how God is going to bless and provide as we participate in this. Much of your tithes and offerings and giving have gone to that. And there has been a lot of frugalness from our church board as they have stewarded that money and and prayed and looked at the best ways that we can look at that. And I want to share some good news with you. Your church board has made some very wise decisions, I believe. But one of the things that we're going to have to do in the future as we move forward is unfortunately this entire building needs a new roof. That's not an exciting purchase. (laughs) Shingles. Fun. They named a disease after it. It's so fun. (laughs) But I want you to know that we had last year around this time, we discovered some termite damage in the gathering place where, where our kids have children's church and where our youth group meets on Sunday nights and we use it for gathering together for events and parties and those kinds of things. And because you gave and because God provided and because you participated with that and because your church board participated by making wise decisions, we were able to pay to have that completed. And there were some generous people who helped with that to keep the cost down. And we were able to make sure that all of that was taken care of. And on top of that, we were able to do some deferred maintenance in the parking lot and some things along those. That's good news. That's God providing and us participating. But as that was going on, we saw up there that there was going to need to be a phase two. And the roofer took a few steps onto the wee care and he was going to go over and look at the gym and he took a couple of steps and said, I'm not going any further. These shingles are so poor. I'm going to do more damage trying to check it out. So we knew. Now, I told you this is good news. Even though you see that $64,000 bill at the end of it, right? But I want you to know again 
Because God provided and you participated by giving and your church board participated by making wise and frugal decisions. The church has $30,000 that we can give towards that project already that needs to have been done like two months ago. But I have more good news because our Nazarene We Care, who is our partner, not our renter. Can I say that again? They are our partners, not our renters. Is a ministry that was started out of the heart of Cross Community Church. And it serves a wonderful purpose. They applied for and received a grant to be able to help. And they are going to give their, their, the We Care Board, our partners, decided to partner with us and they will match $30,000 for this project. Yes. God provides. God provides. And we participate. But not only that, but a donor said, I want to help as well. And seeing that all this is going, I want to make sure that that's done. And so I want you to know, God provided. That's done. We're going to get that done as soon as we can get it on the schedule. We want that to happen. It needs to happen. God has provided. Now we're going to participate. Is that good news or what? Good news. Oh, and by the way, they decided not just to do that, but they're also going to re-carpet and redo the floors in all of the gathering center and the hallways. I don't know if you've ever seen our gathering place hallways. If you're new with us and you have, we're sorry. (laughs) But all of that is going to be done because they are partnering with us. Folks, our We Care ministry is phenomenal. It was so fun to be a part of that journey with those kids this Thursday as they graduated. There are some incredible things that are coming from the We Care, and we're glad to have that. But we still have this this journey. And the question is, are we going to trust that God will provide as we participate together? Because there is a phase three in all of this. We have a few years left on the shingles of this building, of the offices, and all of those kinds of things. And that's going to be about $80,000. And so we're going to call us to this generosity journey to trust What God will provide as we participate, we will see this work done by 2024 as we begin to move into the second century of Cross Community Church. There's going to be more details to come, so be ready, be praying about that. God, what are you going to call me? How are you going to help me to give? What are you going to provide so that I can begin to participate in this generous journey towards whatever you are calling us so that we, I, can grow into what you're calling us to? That's good news. But let's move on. We've got a few other letters, and time is quickly passing. That R, what does that R stand for? So we have G of generous. That that first church was very generous. R, this church responded. They were ready and willing to respond. In fact, that first church responded to needs, the needs of the people that were there in that community. We see that at the second part of verse 45 where it says they didn't just sell their possessions and goods, and dis- but they distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. 
They looked for those needs and then they responded to them and they gave out of their generosity in that response. As we've looked back, we've seen some of the ways that Cross Community has responded. We have a food bank that, that continues and we need some assistance there. Uh, Joyce Lage uh, runs that like clockwork and we had another Joyce that was a part of that, but they have moved. <laughs> And so we need someone, if, if you're looking for a place to serve, helping with our food bank would be a wonderful place to do that. We started grief share and divorce care as a part of responding to the needs of our community. And that's exciting. But as we begin to move forward, I'm beginning to feel that God is calling us that we need to also be a place where people can be healed and gain a healing mindset around substance abuse. And so I'm wondering if God is going to call, and I need you to pray about this, that God would call someone to invest their time, their energy into a celebrate recovery ministry where we can open our doors and respond to the need because that need increased during the pandemic as people were at home. And there is a real need for people to have a place where they hear the good news, not just of a higher power, but name that higher power as Jesus who will send His Spirit to cleanse and to help, to heal and to make whole, and to empower them to live in a lifestyle of recovery. Would you pray about participating in that? I want to talk about national missions. And we have sent sent the Smith family down to Cactus, Texas, once during the pandemic, and, and, uh, and those kinds of things. But there is a call for national missions. And it's not just one family we want to send. We want to send as many who are able to go to places here. It used to be that we felt like we had to go internationally to proclaim the good news of Jesus to the world. But in our culture right now, God in His providence, God in His providing is sending the world to us. Cactus, Texas is a beautiful example of that. So many different nationalities, cultures that are involved there. And we can just get in our cars and drive in about 15 hours and be on a literal mission field. Right there. The world is coming to us. Now, I'm ashamed to say that I've heard, I've heard it intimated. Well, they're here so they don't need us. They have everything they need. They're probably taking our, our Social Security money or whatever. I've heard all of these things said. But can, can I say to you, I, I want to challenge you. I, I Honestly, you know I'm not this kind of preacher, but I honestly want to rebuke you. God isn't sending them here to come after your savings account. God is sending them here so that you can declare to them a Savior. And they're right here. And so as we move into the future of what God has provided, we're going to call you to participate with that. And we're going to send out, I hope we can do this once a year, to just do a missions trip right here within the United States. It might be here in the state of Michigan. It might be in Arizona. It might be in Cactus, Texas. But if God is providing the world right here on our front door, how dare we not open the door and declare the love of God? And share our lives with them. Can I get an amen?
and maybe an ouch. And of course, we will continue to send people on international trips. I don't know how often we'll be able to do that. Those get a little more pricey. But there is something about taking you out of your native culture and placing you in a different culture. And so God is going to provide doors for that to happen. He's done it before. We're going to participate in that as they come. Let's move on. Not only was that church generous, not only did they respond to needs, but they participated in outreach. We see this in verse 47. It tells us, And they had the good will of all the people. How many of the people? This may be the last time that that ever happened. When was the last time that the church had the goodwill of all the people? Maybe there was something about the generosity. Maybe there was something about the response to, to, met, to meet needs. Maybe it was a response to the outreach that people saw what was going on and saw that it was good and wanted to be involved. And want, or if they didn't want to be involved, they at least didn't have harmful will set at it. And we've seen some of this as we've gone to, to outreach. We have, we have tried in the past to do an every other month service project. And God blessed us. We wanted to do 24 of those in four years. And even with a pandemic, we celebrated last week that God provided opportunity and we participated in 27 work projects. But I believe that God is going to provide more and is calling us to participate more. And so I am challenging us to begin to move towards, by 2024, we will be doing monthly service projects. Once a month, God will call us out of these doors to go be His hands and feet and serve others. It might be a church on our district. It might be our Nazarene campground down there. It might be mowing somebody's lawn. It might be helping your neighbor. Whatever it is, we need to organize and be ready for outreach because God's going to provide and we're called to participate remember this is our mission statement say it with me so I know that you're awake ready one two three we are committed to helping people find and follow Jesus by seeking and serving others this is our call this is our call and so we're going to continue as we did in the last four years, to look and pray and ask God to send us ten more We Care families. As I felt this this impressed upon me, I was like, but God, you've already given us ten families. How many families could there be? Right then, I saw Jen Harding's annual report that said we have 33 new families in the We Care. And I thought, that's right. Kids grow up. New families come in. Are we ready and are we praying that God will help us to make a connection with the new families so that they know that there's a God who loves them. There is a church body that that thinks they belong here and is ready to open the doors for them to be a part of that. We want to see ten more families. And if God blesses us with ten more families, we'll just adjust that one up and we'll try for fifteen. Whatever God wants to provide, we want to participate, right? All right. But I think there's another challenge for us today beyond just what's happening in our week here. And I believe that God is going to call us to be praying for and begin to participate that we might see one new family from each of our neighborhoods. I want you to think about that. 
Pray about that. Do you know your neighbors? What's going on in your neighborhood? Some of you will be fortunate because you live in neighborhoods with other people. That just means that two or three families can pray together and begin to see what God's going to do so that we begin to see one family come to know the love of God from each neighborhood where we have a family living already. God's going to provide that. Are we going to participate? We're called to be generous, to respond to needs, and to be focused on outreach. Let's move on. We've got a couple more, and I want to get you out to your roast beef or whatever you're going to eat today. Not only is it generous in responding to needs and outreach, but we're also a community of worship. We see this. The first community was a community of worship. It says there in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. This was the communion, Eucharist, whatever you call it, uh, the Lord's Supper. They committed themselves. They devoted themselves to this and to the prayers. We had, they had folks gathered from all different kinds of cultures and communities and they needed to learn the prayers. They had folks who weren't educated and never learned to read or understand those things. They needed to be taught those things. And so they entered into worship. They also, it says in verse 46, day by day, they spent much time together in the temple. That they were worshiping together. They were committed to worship. I want you to know that participation in witnessing begins with participation in worship. Let's say that again. You may want to write that down. Participation in witness begins with participation in worship. How can you be a witness to something if you have never been in God's presence worshiping? You're, you're called to share the experience of Jesus in your life, not just little tidbit facts about Jesus. And that begins in worship. So I want to challenge us this morning. Do you take the time? Is this time where we gather together in worship here and online? Do you take the time to prioritize that, to make sure that you are in his presence, ready to worship so that you would have something to witness to? If God provides an opportunity, you're ready to participate. Do you have a talent? I'm looking around here. Do you have something that could be used in worship? Are you ready to, to, to read Scripture? Are you willing to do that? Do you play an instrument or sing and we, you've been hiding it from your pastor because you're afraid he might call upon you? Are you willing to be trained? We have a lot of new technology that makes our online campus possible. And it takes now a lot of people. It used to be you just kind of flipped it on and we had Nick or Rod back there on sound just to make sure nothing was feeding back. Now there's about five or six different things. And we need teams and we need people who are willing to be trained so that we can provide an experience of worship where people can learn about this God that they're called to go witness about. Let's move on. Because that leads right into our next, our next idea. It was generous. It responded to needs. It was committed to outreach and to worship. But then it was also committed to teaching and training. 
We see there in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The apostles had spent those three years with Jesus in His presence, listening to those teachings over and over and over again. And now the Spirit was empowering them to pass on that knowledge of teaching and training. The first church was committed. They taught and they trained over and over and over and over again. And sometimes I fear that we feel like in the 21st century, we've heard it all, we've learned it all, we know it all. And yet, folks, we are still called, I am still called, to enter into times of being taught and being trained as we move out into our world. I want you to know we need teachers Your kids, your teenagers will not learn the good news of the faith without teachers that will help them. And we have many teachers right here that work in our week area and in our public school system. I need to tell you today, here or online, we need you. Our kids need you. They need your abilities. They need your training to be able to now learn not just math and science, but about God's love and His mercy and His hope. We need to pass that on. We need to train people. And we're calling people to to enter into a time of training so you can participate in that teaching. And we're going to train you. And in Scripture, we're developing some curriculum that will help even the very new to faith to begin to understand how we live in this kingdom that God has provided and we're called to participate in. Will you be a part of that? Will you use your gifts? Lastly, and everybody says, Amen. Amen. We have H. The first church was a place filled with hospitable people. It was committed to hospitality. We see this in, in verse 46. Yes, we saw that they spent much time together in the temple. They spent much time worshiping. But they also broke bread in their homes and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. They were hospitable. They, they welcomed the outsider. They welcomed them into their homes and they broke bread together and they ate food together and they had fun. I always say where two or three are gathered, there shall be a potluck. That's a part of the kingdom. It is a good news kingdom filled with hospitable people. And I want you to know, and I want to challenge you, that we need to add some people and we need to add some groups to our hospitality team. We want to be a place that's known. And we are, I'm so glad every time I get a compliment that says, man, I just felt so at home in your church. This is my first time. And I'm like, yes, good. Because the kingdom of God, that first church and, and our church should be people that are filled with the hospitality of God because God welcomed us in and now we're called to welcome others in. And so we need you to think about serving and being a part of some of our hospitality teams. We need to get into our homes again now. Maybe some of you are going to be called to to start some home groups where you you study a book or you study the Bible or you, you get together and you pray in your homes or maybe you break bread and eat. You don't it doesn't have to be bread, it could be nachos. It's just a suggestion. But you could do those groups together. You could do some home fellowship groups. We're we're in those three months that we endure the rest of the other months. Four here in Michigan. 
Do you have a fire pit? Could you just invite some folks around? Maybe some of your neighbors begin to let them know that you care about what's going on in their lives. Let's begin to move into the rhythms of the kingdom's hospitality. So I ask you today, my friends, are you ready for growth? Are you ready to see growth happen in your life? Remember, it is God who provides and we who participate. I want, you, I want to end with this again because I want you to see this. This isn't that the little church figured out a formula and somehow they began to add people to their number. No, what does it say? Day by day, who added to their number? The Lord added to their number those who were being saved. They, God provided, they participated. And they just began to see this growth begin to happen. I want to sum all of this up with this beautiful quote by Reggie McNeil. He says, We must change our ideas of what it means to develop a disciple, shifting the emphasis from studying Jesus and all things spiritual in an environment protected from the world to following Jesus into the world to join Him in His redemptive mission. That's the growth we're talking about. That's the growth that that first church saw. That's the growth that we want to finish our first 100 years participating in and see that become the way of the kingdom in cross-community churches next 100 years. Amen? So, folks, are you ready for growth? Are you ready for growth? Yes. Are you ready for growth? Then let's stand. Let's pray. Let's close. And let's move out. Jesus has provided all that we need. Will you participate? Lord Jesus, We're so grateful for the reminder that You are so generous and have provided all that we need. And we celebrated that as we look back last Sunday. And we're so grateful for all those things that You helped us to accomplish. But today is a challenge. And while I may not have decided whether I want to participate in putting up a pool, I am absolutely convinced that I am in 100% feet first, all in, to participate in the growth that you are calling us to here at Cross Community Church. And I pray that you will empower my brothers and sisters here and on our online campus to commit in the same way. To say, today is the day I want to participate. I'm trusting that you have provided all that I need. And I'm going to move forward in whatever it is that you call me to. Whether it's to be generous, whether it's to respond to somebody's needs, whether it's to take those first steps into outreach, whether it's to commit to worship and bring all of who I am into that moment, to be trained, to be taught, or to teach and train, to be hospitable in my home and here at the church. God, lead me through this growth. Lead us into it. Help us to trust that you will provide as we participate. For we pray 
And we surrender and we ask all of these things in the name of the One who makes it all possible, the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Would you receive this blessing? And now, my friends, my brothers and sisters here and online, I declare to you once again, God has provided all that we need. I pray now that you would receive the challenge to participate with whatever God calls you to. To give, to respond, to reach out, to worship, to teach, to be taught, to receive others with hospitality. As you do that, I know that God is faithful. He will continue to provide as you continue to participate. So go in His name, go in His strength, go in His love and mercy. Show that to those around you and may you be blessed with some incredible growth in this next year. I pray these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in His name. Thank you for joining us online. We'll be here next week. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.